This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello and welcome to the Super J-Cast. My name is Damon. Of course, you know that, and you also probably know, and if you don't, our usual, uh, I would say host, <laughs> he probably drives the ship more than I do, uh, Joel is away on his month-long vacation slash holiday. He went back home to see family in England, and it's the first time he's been there in what, two years or so, or maybe, well, not even, maybe, definitely more than that. So they're having the time of their life. Uh, but you came here for a pro wrestling podcast, specifically New Japan Pro Wrestling, and that's what we do here. So I had a call out and to send out the bat signal, if you will, the J- Super J cast help the stress. And last week, Nicole came through with flying colors. So I needed somebody to uh, keep that pace and keep uh, keep that energy and keep that uh, importance. I need to. We need to feel important here. Um, so uh, I sent out the call uh, and quick to respond. You've you've seen this person everywhere this week, and I've uh, I checked out some of his stops as well. It seems like he's he's a, the most wanted man. In New Japan Pro Wrestling podcasts and and talk, uh, you might know him as uh, this the uh, what would it be the uh, the statistician the uh, the uh, numbers guy this the, the uh, so I I, uh, I prefer research assistant research assistant okay I, think, I like that I think that's research. a fair title I get to make it up it. as I, I go I think it's fantastic that you could do that uh, research assistant for New Japan Pro Wrestling the great. And, and incredibly handsome. Chris Sam says here, everyone. Welcome, Chris. Hello. I'm I'm so pleased to finally make my way to the Super J cast. I was sent here to keep you on track, actually. Um, <laughs> so that's that's what I'm here to do. Because you know, I'm I'm a exclusively a serious numbers uh, stats guy. We couldn't possibly have any fun. Um, no. So you know, we we've never we could never. So I uh, yeah, I was sent here by multiple sources. Um, have told me to to get you on track and keep you on the straight and narrow, and and I am here to probably fail miserably at that. No, I appreciate your guidance. I need a, I need a steady hand. You know that. <laughs> you see me. Actually, I I think I I talked about this before, Chris. That I was a little worried about Chicago, and one of the biggest reasons was I knew it was going to be uh, or had the potential to be an all day drinking affair, <laughs> and. Uh, I think I did all right. I had four beers at uh, what was that? Uh, Kaiser Tiger, and then uh, I started off with uh, the bourbon in the in the suite. And even and I remember John Carroll saying, "Damon, what are you what are, what are you drinking?" And I was like, "I'm going to start with some dirty water first. And I had about a quarter of it, and I was like, "You know what? This is going to go down a bad path, Chris." <laughs> I, said, I said, "This is going to be a I, I can't have this." I put it aside. And I had more hot dogs and I had beer. What do you think of that? There you go. Look at you. <laughs> I um, I know. I you were definitely not the most inebriated person in the Forbidden Door suite at the United Center. So you you are you have that going for you. I am the first. I'm blessed with 
eight years of sobriety. So I knew I, that oh. was not going to be me. But I loved watching, uh, you know, those those 20 people in that in that room have a great time in, in my city of choice, Chicago, as, as I think most people know. I'm a Chicago guy, true and true. So um, we had a we had a great time. Um, finally meeting you in person in the in the real mm-hmm. world. I, I have to say I invited Joel also to join us, but obviously he wasn't uh, making the trans Atlantic question mark. Is that the direction he would go? <laughs> no, he would have to go no, <laughs> over the Pacific. Go, yeah, I think he's going Pacific. Yeah. 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 Yes, Tony Khan. The, the, yeah, the Atlantic yeah. is not the most important. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. But yeah, he wasn't he was he was clearly not gonna be able to make that trip. But yeah, it was it's it's I'm glad to talk to you again in an official capacity, but we had a great time at the uh, in the suite as well. We did. We, now, okay, now you started a path. I can't let it go uncovered. You mentioned sobriety for sure. eight years. Was that a decision that was like, ah, I just had enough, blah, blah, blah? Or was that something where it was like, okay, I need to, I need to stop? I, uh, so I drank a lot between uh, my 18th give or take birthday and uh, my 28th um i i guess we'll give we'll give the origin story chris samsa so in my late teens and 20s i was a touring musician so i uh lived that life uh, whatever you can wow. ima- whatever you can imagine that life was i um i saw some of it and 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 uh partook in in quite a bit of the alcoholic debauchery. beverages and the debauchery okay. yeah okay, um okay. so nothing nothing too crazy or anything like that but yeah there there did come a point where i was just like you know what i need to not do this anymore and i want to contribute to society in, in in different ways and in different spaces and um so yeah I, I i quit quit the booze cold turkey and it's probably one of the best things i've ever done wow i mean uh, so as a guy who pretty much everything centers around a glass in my hand, what was the most difficult part of that decision? Like what, um, and, and maintaining that for eight years, that's, that's something to fucking be proud of, dude. Yeah. Well, so at this point, it's just not a part of my life. So I, I've, you know, I've gotten to that point, which is, which is great. Um, I'm, I am mildly obsessive about things. Um, as, as maybe you can tell from all the, detail-oriented work that I do in, in this particular space. So I guess it, it just it became this thing that I was obsessed with. I was obsessed with being the guy that doesn't drink. And, and at the time, 10 years ago or eight years ago, that wasn't like a trend. Now we're seeing sobriety or, or um, non-alcoholic drink pairings, things like that are, are becoming quite the trend, which I think is great. But I mean, truthfully, I just I, I did. I woke up one day and I was like, I can't keep doing this. And I'm I, I'm going to be a better person if I don't. And, um, you know, with the support of my now wife and, and family and whatnot, I just stopped and, and then just kind of stuck to it. So, yeah, it's it's not like a glamorous story, really. It's just like. I know it's the best story. <laughs> I just stopped. But no, it really is. It is. And because here's the thing. What you're describing is again may seem non-glamorous, but it's reality. You know sure. what I mean? Like like more people are going to take that path than this, oh, I had a vision from God and or or you know, whatever. Like more people are going to be like, okay, I gotta I, I gotta do this for me and my health and my family or whatever the reasons may be. Do you do you miss any of it? I uh, 
No, not really. Mm. I miss um, I miss what I used to do while I drank, if that makes sense. So I miss being in a band and touring and living that kind of life. Um, but I don't miss how I felt about halfway Hangover. through the the or or just halfway through nights of drinking. Like I I yeah. don't miss that because I I started to like feel bad about myself because I was like, oh I'm doing it again, you know? So and that was sure. that's what kind of triggered um the decision making uh eight plus years ago to just say like I don't I'm I'm gonna try to do other things and try to, you know, make up silly pro wrestling jobs for me to do. Um, see, or things see, of the but here's the thing though you're not going to get this on music of the mat right true <laughs> you know what i mean we should we're, we're we're eight minutes in and we're 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 waist deep here look at this we've, we've gone um, all the way into the lore of chris samsa already <laughs> i know i know you, you're right, you're now, disarming i listen i'm, I'm a good interviewer you I'm are not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> um do we know the band? Would we would we recognize no, the band? Probably not. We we had a really good run. Um, the band was called Plunkett, P L U N K E T. Um, we had we got some radio play with Q one hundred and one in Chicago. We had some radio play on college radio and, and the like. It was really a pop rock outfit. Um, we toured or played a bunch with bands like the Plain White Tees. Um, that was kind of the the range of of music. Right when Haler Delilah hit, we were pals mm-hmm. with them, and they they brought us out for a bunch of stuff. So like that's kind of the that was kind of the highest level we reached. But yeah, I mean, tours and we sold a bunch of records in the UK, and we never got to go over there and and things like that. So, um, but the music industry was really going through a, a big shift towards digital, even though no one really knew what they were doing. So. It was it was a really challenging time to be in a band, but at least I got to be in a band when guys still got like in a van and traveled the country. And because I just I don't think that's how it works anymore. I know that that's not how it works anymore. And um, I I wouldn't trade that experience for for anything. Like every band kind of tells of those days being some of the best. Um. But that's a hard life to live. I don't care how old you are. Like you're going from gig to gig, you know, setting. I mean, I'm sure you were responsible for setting up your own equipment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not like you had this gigantic rider and, you know, <laughs> there was, you know, um, you know, but yet on this, on the other hand, like, is there, is there some freedom to that? Like, is there some, like you wake up every day and you're like, I get to be in a band. I, absolutely. And I think the thing that I truly miss the most is not even necessarily playing the shows. It's the time like in the van with my best friends. Right. So like and we we last uh, March or just this past March, we got back together. We did like a charity show. It was our first show in 11 years. A bunch of people showed up. It was a great time. But like truthfully, like that event wasn't even the thing that I enjoyed the most out of that. It was like having an excuse to hang out with my friends. And that mm. kind of probably is the reason that I do the New Japan stuff now, if I want to come full circle, because I'm looking for, uh, you know, I, I've longed for community, right? And and not just community, but like the band at the time, like we always found new venues to do shows and like we wanted to provide kind of those opportunities for people to come together and for there to be a community the scene quote unquote if you're in kind of a punk rock band it's called the scene sure so like that's i think 
part of why I gravitated towards not only like the New Japan community, which is just so many good and fun and nice people, but also looking for an avenue to contribute to that community, which is kind of what I found with, um, I don't know, all the stats and research and info that I that I pulled together. And, and that's the thing that I like so much about this. So, I, you know, I do kind of tie that all together. That's interesting to me because like we kind of think of it as uh, we being um, speaking in general terms here, like the stats that you provide and the articles that you write up. I mean, they're, they're so good that, you know, Kevin Kelly's using them and, and, and uses them a lot and often because they're, they're interesting tidbits and facts and things that like make your eyebrows rise. But in the same breath, you're talking about giving back to the community, almost almost as if you're creating some type of art through this very scientific-y kind of thing. Like, how do you, how, why do you think those two worlds meld with you? I just think it was an opening um, to, to some extent, right? Like, um, I was, I've watched New Japan for a while before I even started to look into this stuff or, or to put this all together. And, um, I started to hear Kevin and Chris and Rocky like reference both history and statistics, right? Like really baseline stuff, wins, losses, this, that, and the other thing, right? Like very simple, easy to understand stuff. And I was like, man, there's more there. Like this is a sport, right? Like this is presented as a sport and I love pro wrestling, but I'm a sports guy too. Um, Baseball specifically, which is probably where the, um, desire for statistics come into play because baseball was kind of the first major sport to really go that route with with sure detail, analytics and everything detailed yeah. analytics right and um that was the idea i was just like well what if i mess around with some pro wrestling stats because new japan like posts results and i was like okay that's cool something to work with right like times who took the fall you know all all of that and then you know when it comes down to it i uh organized it a little bit i have my my true day job involved some um data organization and and kind of tying pieces together and i took some of those documents truthfully from my day job and and started to plug in like wrestling data and created um kind of a lane for myself where i can contribute to the community i think it's incredible because well i'll follow up with this just this question first and then i'll, I'll make the point do do you find that you hear more from people that have maybe a sports background or they're sports fans? Like, are those the type of people that you hear most from, or do you hear from others who just say, "Oh my God, that that's just these are just incredible tidbits to to help me learn this promotion." I, I yeah, I mean, I think what. I think my objective, I know my objective when it comes to um, like sending information to the, say the broadcast team is to provide some things that a first time watcher would just understand, right? Like any, most people understand sports and um, some of the kind of traditional data points that go with sports. And the more that we can, bring that to life in a pro wrestling setting, the more it's going to be approachable and easy to understand. And you're going to understand who the, who the great wrestlers are and who the not so great wrestlers are just based on, um, 
their records or their times or their, you know, their ability to stay in a match or their ability to be the person who gets the winning fall, right? Like all these weird little things. And it helps tell the story of which wrestler is, say, the favorite or which wrestler is the underdog. But then here's a reason that the underdog might win, right? That's that's the most fun stuff to kind of pull through is like the um, the reason to believe in the underdog. And, you know, a lot of the times that plays out in professional wrestling because it's professional wrestling. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but I <laughs> I think that's that's the answer I got for you, I guess. <laughs> no. Yeah. So were, were you a, like a math guy in school uh, um, or were you more of like a sports math guy? Like I'm I, I would consider myself a sports math guy. So, like I love hockey analytics yeah. and I love like those uh you know war charts and even in baseball i think they have a war chart um oh yeah or something similar mm-hmm. to that like a value that they uh, that they that you know against like a, just a g- generic player um yeah it's- like those things i i've always loved like were, were, was that you as a kid yeah i mean to some extent so as a kid I was the kid who like played a baseball video game and i tried to be hawk harrelson while i was playing the game like i wanted to call the game and um you know with that came having needing to have knowledge about it so i i was not great at school in general so i don't uh and i never played a lot of sports like i played baseball little league and stuff but i didn't play anything into high school or anything like that so i've but i've always been an avid sports watcher and enjoyer and i want to understand the analytics of it um which i um am able to do just via stats even sports that i don't watch that frequently if i pay attention to some of the statistics and things that get thrown around just even on the baseline i can kind of understand who's who and what's what how did i mean obviously it felt good but i guess the first time you start hearing your name on these broadcasts and your site and and your work like what was that? What was that going? What was going on through your head there? So I'll, yeah, I'll tell a story there. Um, so there's the 2019 G1, and I had put together my first what I called the G1 box score, which is, I mean, a box score is a really, really familiar thing to most people who enjoy sports, and especially if you go back when you were reading sports results out of a newspaper, you looked for the box score for specifically for baseball for sure, but I, I'm sure other sports have have something similar to it. So I made this thing. I put it on Twitter. I had like no Twitter followers at the time, right? Because I who who am I? Um and I get this email and it's un- unknown to me, it was Kevin Kelly. And he was like, hey, right? can you keep this or like can you make this available to me and I'll keep it up to date. And I was like, hey dude, glad you like it. I'll keep it up to date. No worries. And I didn't know Kevin Kelly's real name at the time. So I didn't know that that was him. Um, Shortly thereafter, I figured out that that was him. And I was like, hey, man, I'll keep this updated. I'll even just send it right to you. So you don't have to worry about getting into, you know, whatever, Google Sheets or whatever. And like, honestly, the rest is history. I just never stopped sending him stuff. And now uh, sometimes they even like ask me for specific stuff. And I... Uh, have made some friends there and 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 whatnot so but yeah i mean it, it just it truly just started as this thing that i like posted on twitter and tagged everyone which i would never do now because i just feel like it's so right. so nerdy um but hell it worked 
And then honestly, I just like started diving in and, and figuring out where I could be helpful. I mean, Kevin Kelly's a huge sports guy. Yeah. I would think Kevin Kelly would be in some type of sports broadcasting if he wasn't doing pro wrestling. Without a doubt. Um, did, did that make your decision a little bit easier knowing that, you know, here's a guy that obviously likes the sport element of it. Uh, like it, like if, I don't know, like if uh, I'm just trying to think of another name who would call new Japan pro wrestling that would not, you know, be as sporty. I guess. you know, like if like Michael Cole, I don't know, just this, this you know, uh, could you see a path just to do what you do and to kind of, know that Kevin Kelly would be a guy who would appreciate it? Yeah, so with Kevin, it, it was obvious that they that he would enjoy it or use it maybe because he was using, he was clearly doing his own research at the time even. And, right. and he still does. That's, let's, not, let's not mince words here. Like Kevin does all the prep he's always done um, to, my, to my knowledge. Like I, I know that I send him everything I can think of um, but I also know that, you know, if he's on the plane over to Japan, like he's pulling stuff on cage match or, or you know, sport of pro wrestling or whatever. He's looking at stuff himself, too. So um, but he was he was saying things like wins and losses. And, you know, at the beginning of the G1 and the first match of the G1, this person is X amount, you know, X and X zero and four. They've never won their first G1 match, things like that. He was like throwing out there already which I'm sure subconsciously kind of inspired me to look at it and say like, oh, like this seems like it would be useful to these guys and I can go further with it because I don't have to travel and sit in, you know, sit at a broadcast table. Right. You could. I would love to. I mean, you very, e- you know what I mean? You could very easily slide in. Well, when I say very easily slide in, like, if, like you just doing this right now. It seems very natural and very comfortable for you. I don't know if you're freaking out inside. You shouldn't be. No. Nobody listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's. Um, I don't think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, what? Like where? What do you think? Well, I'll ask this first. Could you do this without any other promotion? Do you think a would you have the interest in doing that? And b do you think that what you do would fit anywhere else but with this promotion? I think I've catered what I do and how I look at wrestling based on what I try to, you know, contribute to new Japan to some extent. So, but I, you know, when I watch, um, Noah, Noah tries to do a lot of the sports like presentation as well. Um, especially, especially recently and with their English broadcasts and, and, uh, you know, could I be helpful there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but I don't have, I don't have the, the data. I would take, I would need to do the data mining, which would take quite a while to, to start to put together. And, and, um, you know, in AEW, I, when AEW started, I was like, oh, well now I'll just have a website and I'll cover New Japan and AEW. And like, honestly, like AEW got so, I got so bogged down by covering a AEW with, with dark and dark elevation and lays like 30 match things. And I couldn't, I just couldn't keep up with it in the way that I, I wanted to, um, to track right. the things that I need, needed to track. So, um, so I maybe yes, but like also like, would it get as, as, as well used? Probably not. Right. Because we've got a good rhythm. I've got a good rhythm with Kevin and a good relationship with, uh, Chris Charlton and even some of the other guys that have sat at the table. I've, I've, I've 
sent them some stuff. So, you know, I think everyone knows how to read my work and and kind of put it to good use. Um, and that's are you sending stuff in, in real time or do you just prep beforehand or both? So I probably send stuff depends on the tour, but I I send stuff before every live English broadcast. Um, every. every yeah, pretty much. Uh, I skip some road tours that don't have like title matches and stuff on it. But um, yeah, pretty much every live English broadcast and, and a significant number of the taped ones, too. Um, if there's something interesting, definitely if there's a title or a tournament match, I'm compiling things, putting them into a PDF that's all always in the same format and sending it along to um, whoever I know is going to be at the table. And how long does that take you on average? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm pretty efficient. <laughs> um, All right. I, I've, got it, I've gotten it worked out to the point where to get just kind of the core statistics and data for, say, a, one of these G1 shows, if I'm just covering the G1, um, say, the four G1 tournament matches, like I can get that together in, in less than an hour, um, depending on how deep I want to dig and and if there's something that pops up but you know truthfully like I've got a document set up where like I plug in the um I plug in the opponents that are against each other and it pumps out the uh, their history against each other and then I I can plug mm -hmm. in the um the venue and it'll give me their record in the venue and wow. or the city and it'll give me their records in the city so like and then I just kind of compile all that and and that's been a learning curve for me to learn how to like make all these documents kind of interact with each other but um yeah now was that in excel or are you using like jquery or is, is that what it's called uh, or python it is or? so i i use some python to collect the data um uh. from various places around the internet and then and that was built for me for, for somebody else a friend i don't know how to code that well um but a pal of mine put that together for me and then uh everything else i do is in excel yeah it's wow. it's this like massive Excel document that I'm looking at right now because I just added all the all of my G1 stuff. It used to be a separate document. Now it's all in the same. So it's just like it's this silly big spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Like I love to do that. Like in the sense of um, like I would play daily fantasy hockey mm -hmm. and I would have these spreadsheets of who, who they're playing and the third line versus the first line and how much ice time. Blah, blah, blah. Like trust me, there is a huge huge bit of jealousy that you're able to put something like that together for, for a, a promotion that you obviously really enjoy watching. Um, what, what do you think? And, and again, we'll get into the pro wrestling talk. Trust me, but I find this fascinating. I'm sorry. Um, and again, nobody listens, Chris, so it doesn't. <laughs> um, I listen. I literally here's, here. I'll I'll drop this. I am right. I'm on my two favorite New Japan podcasts this week. So uh, keeping it strong style, my pals uh, Jeremy and and Josh. Yes, right. Know them very old, well. Pal, yes. Old pals of mine, and then Jcast. Like those are the two New Japan podcasts that I listen to every single week. There's others out there wow. that I'll I'll drop into right, but like. I have a problem this week because I'm on both of those shows, which means I'm. See, I felt bad. Like I did. You know what? I felt bad. I did feel bad because I didn't want them to think that. Because uh, I know you've been on there before. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't want them to feel like I'm like I'm cheat. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that's their thing. Yeah. Chris Sampson is there. You know what I mean? So I hopefully 
There's no hard feelings. All no, right. I they they know I'm here. I'm I I also I also cleared my uh, appearance with some other friends of mine to just to make sure that the <gasps> radioactive oh heat stays away from me. Um, <laughs> but um, but now I'm I basically though I'm 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 spending the time with you. I have all this. I'm gonna have all this free time on my like audio feeds because I'm not gonna. Uh, go back and re-listen to both of these shows, so that's going to save me like oh, s- yes, you are. six hours of listening. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna pop in the car with the missus, and you're gonna be like, listen, listen to how great I was on the Jcast. Oh, she I fucking, I fucking nailed it. She, she doesn't <laughs> she need to careless. hear me talk any more than <laughs> than I talk at home. Now she seemed like she, she she. How did you guys meet? Number one, and then number two, she seems like she's a bit of a fan of the pro wrestling, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, my wife, Megan, um, we met, we worked together um, at a coffee shop uh, in the, let's see, late 2000s. And then she she left, she went to college, did college things. I went and did band things. Um, And then eventually we ended up working together again at uh, more of a management level, both of us as managers. And we ended up uh, getting together and now we've been married for almost four years and and that's that's all great but yeah she is a a pro wrestling fan she's gone to a bunch of different events with me she um she bought me a, a plane ticket and a and a ticket to the last time new japan went to hammerstein in new york oh, um so nice. like that was cool that was the first time i saw new japan live in front of me so um that was that was very cool very cool of her um but yeah we started our honeymoon with the royal rumble um, just because it was, wow, it was really? like in that it was in Arizona and we were headed to California and that was kind of the timing that we were going to do the honeymoon anyway. So we just stopped in, in Phoenix and went to the, went to the Royal Rumble, which, and you know, WWE, whatever aside, the Royal Rumble's fun. So, yeah. and it, it, it checked off a baseball, uh, uh, stadium off of my list as well. Did a little Diamondbacks. Yep, exactly. Okay. So. Um, yeah, but she, she is, she's a fan. We're, we're a pro wrestling family. Um, when it comes down to it, it. she's, um, she, she's clearly not as into it as I am, but, um, she, she really does seem to have an appreciation for, um, what I do and, and what I've been able to carve out here in this, in this community. And she loves, I mean, we hosted a barbecue when everyone was in town for forbidden door. I know that you weren't able to make it cause you were doing your own thing, but, um, she is, she loves the, the community element of it the, the same way that I do. That's pretty awesome. Like that, that's the thing that I find like, I, I, again, I bust balls and shit like that, but that is an amazing part of this. Mm-hmm. Like this, that, that idea of, Oh my God, there's a dude in South Carolina listening to my nonsense. You know what I mean? Like that's, and, or, or like when you go to the Tokyo dome and somebody comes, you know, that's the kind of stuff that's like kind of blows my mind sometimes. It's crazy. Yeah. But it's all, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're like me, maybe you're not, but like when I was a teenager, I started a band so I can make friends. Right. And then now as an adult and much older than a teenager, like I started to do this and then found my people. Right. And like now some of the, some of my best friends, truthfully right now, some of my best friends in the world are because I do this pro wrestling stuff. And, um, you know, I've gotten to meet them and, and chat with them in various different ways. And, um, you know, I think that's what, that's what, that's why we do this stuff. I think that's why I do this stuff. And, um, you know, I, 
it's hard to make friends as an adult. And here I am talking to a new friend in you. Right. Well, you know, listen. <laughs> oh, we're not, now, oh, come okay. on. All right, I see. All right. No, we're friends. Trust <laughs> me, we're friends. Yes. I, fi- I find it very difficult to meet new people. Absolutely. I do find it very it's, difficult. Very difficult. It is about the hardest thing you can do as a dude in their 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever, right? How? How else do you meet people besides being yeah. a part of something that's kind of niche? Yeah. What do you think New Japan, not, just, just to change gears, what do you think New Japan Pro Wrestling does better than any other pro wrestling company? They wrestle. The matches themselves? They, they just they they actually have wrestling, first of all, in the mm-hmm. wrestling shows. And the whole show is centered around wrestling and what happens inside the ring and, and between the bells. And I think that they okay. they do that better than anybody else. Um, not not just the in ring, but just the fact that that is that is how the product is presented. I was talking to someone when they were in Chicago and they said, we are in Japan. We are a sport and we are that's how our shows are are made that's how our shows are laid out that's how they're put on to broadcast they're they're a sport so they go until they end they don't necessarily have a 2 hour runtime and 15 minute segments and commercial breaks and this and that and the other thing and you know that is true it's presented as a sport it's presented as a series of matches it's 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 more similar to UFC than it is to WWE and right. i think that that's what allows people to kind of come in and out from it too. Cause you can, you don't necessarily have to keep up with a frantic amount of storyline advancements on every, you know, two weekly shows or, you know, whatever it may be. Like you kind of know the score and you know, when the big events are and you can drop in for that, or you can watch all the road twos like the wackos that, you know, we are sometimes, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think that just the fact that it is it is presented as a sport is is the the most important and and the best thing that they do better than any other pro wrestling company. Do you think they lost their focus during the trying COVID times? We'll call it. Do you think that focus got lost a little bit? I don't know. I you know I read the rumors, um, and I, I you know I talked to some of the people that source the rumors. Um, yourself and Joel included, but um, <laughs> did they, I don't know, not really, may, may, you know, the evil stuff, everyone points to that as like the, the checking out point, but I, you know, when it, when it comes down to it, um, now, look at it now, what, what do you want more? You want, do you want great Okan to win or do you want evil to lose? Like we've probably right. gotten to the point where everyone just wants him to lose no matter who he's facing. And that was the goal. So, yeah. and that's, you know, that's pro wrestling. There's always going to be that stuff. I mean, um, it can't just be a bunch of Tom Lawler's coming in, you know, as much as I love Tom Lawler, like it can't just be that there has to be character too. And, and I think that, was highlighted a little bit and 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 yeah there's been some missteps along the way but i think i think we've course corrected pretty well i do too like and and i'll go so far as to say that i, I you know name me another promotion that's had such a just a string of bad luck with sure. covid and you know and, and and trying to get through what everyone keeps thinking is a 
the longest <laughs> the <laughs> longest delay ever. But you know, it is what it is. A lot of that stuff is out of their hands. Um, are you are you good with what you've seen so far with the partnership in AEW? Yeah, I I think a lot of people made up a show that they wanted it to be, and and um, and then that wasn't the Forbidden Door show in particular, which is kind of the biggest event of the partnership with AEW. Like. I think uh, a lot of people kind of head booked it and then didn't get what they expected. But then the wrestlers showed up and they wrestled and it was awesome. Right. Like that's that was very telling to me that like the wrestlers showed up, the crowd showed up and that was a heck of a show. And that was a heck of a it fun, really was. heck of a fun time. And Shoot, I you know I don't need these guys to spend a month in America building a you know building their sh- their their matches on weekly TV. I just need someone to announce a card, and I'll be there at the next one. Like, whatever. I I trust that that's going to be a great show. Now, or you know, I think that if you get too bogged down with some of the rumors of you know oh Tony Khan cut off this match from happening in New Japan, and you know this person can't travel to Japan and g1 entrance and yada 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 like if you get if you get bogged down with that you're gonna be you're gonna choose a side um and to me it's just great to see some of these guys showing up and doing something cool and um getting in front of a hot crowd again because i'm sure that was a selling point and um you know i I, i'm curious to see where it goes i want to see an event happen in japan i think that that's an important um, I think that'll be an important line to cross too, because right now it's all beneficial to, it's not exclusively beneficial, but the major benefactor here has been AEW, right? A lot of action on their TV, a lot of people in the United Center, a lot of pay-per-view buys, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm sure New Japan's getting a, uh, some sort of cut of that. But I think the, you know, the, the primary benefactor has been AEW and I want to see that, you know, get, get paid back, um, you know, mostly because I'm I'm curious to see where they're going to go. Um, but I know that the travel is the travel and the visas and things like that are much harder to um, acquire when you're trying to go to Japan, especially still right now. Yeah, they're still going through it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, apparently another wave is underway. So fingers crossed. But hopefully, we got hopefully we got September. bad dude Tito into the com- in, into the country and and we found a way. That's a win. <laughs> No doubt, it it kind of is. is. I mean, yeah. It, you know, it, yeah. Why not? Um, with G one, and, and when we started, I was like, I can't believe we're already at G one. I can't believe how fast this year is gone. It's kind of like the midway point of the year. Like, what has stood out to you the most so far for New Japan this year? I feel like it feels stable. Like everything feels yeah. normal. It just in the sense, I mean, you put the belt on Okada and everything feels better, right? And so that is kind of my overarching like feeling. And and part of that for me is just the the calendar, right? So we had we had the New Japan Cup in March at a normal time, right? Then we had Best of Super Juniors in um, May ish, May June. A normal time and now we've got the g1 in the summer and in, in the middle of july and and into august a normal time right like so the calendar has reset 
We had two years of both COVID calendaring and Olympic calendaring, and everything feels right again, right? Like it's July 13th and I'm prepping for the G1 and I can wake up. I'm a live watcher for many of these shows, which I'm sure people will tell me I'm crazy for, but it's, I love it. I will, I can get up and the sun is already coming up and I can start to watch these G1 shows, which is what I so enjoyed about G1s of the past is that like, I'm not like dragging my ass out of bed to watch something while the sun's still down on, on most nights. So everything feel, it feels like summer and, and we're, we're ready to roll. And I, I couldn't be more excited for this G1 because it does feel like with all the kind of new guys coming in, I'm so curious to see how some guys are going to be. So everything feels you know, we're not seeing these big like stars pop up, Moxley, Danielson, Jericho, whatever. Like we're not there yet, which is it became a huge part of what I think made New Japan a really fun promotion to pay attention to. And I think we're going to get back to that. But we've got a bunch of new fresh faces, outsiders, people from America, people from other places in the world that are starting to pop up. And that feels like New Japan is an international promotion again, because I think New Japan really is the most international promotion out there. And and that is something that they leveraged to great success for a long time. Yeah, there is something to be said about those partnerships and whether they're strong business wise or not. It is it it does feel like I always do love the 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 Super J Cup feel, you know, where Mm -hmm. it's the different promotions. And you kind of got a taste of that a little bit more with the best of the Super Juniors this year. And I think this G1 kind of feels at least in in, you know, the past eight years, 10 years, like it feels like a real international kind of event um, with with different promotions all kind of chugging along with it. Yeah, I mean, I think the only the only checkbox that I wasn't able to check uh, when I was looking at the the entrance was someone from, say, like Impact, because we know that that relationship still exists, too. But everything else pretty much got covered off. New guys, returning guys, an AEW guy, um, some people that we know that the company is is behind that are that are fresh to the tournament so um yeah it, it does and and best of super juniors is, is the most international tur- tournament that they do every year and i think that they they delivered a lineup this year that was pretty close to what you could expect three four years ago pre-covid yeah were you surprised by anyone that was there uh, that was announced that's in g1 um like, I guess, what was your biggest surprise guy? And then was there any disappointment in any of the lack of that superstar firepower that you were talking about? I mean, I would have loved to see, you know, a- a- anyone in that top tier of like the U.S. talent, right? You, We all, everyone desperately wants a Brian Danielson G1, right? Um, it, who wouldn't? Why wouldn't you want to see that dude wrestle, you know, some of your some of your favorite wrestlers? I was a little surprised to see, I guess, El Fantasmo, just because like it feels like a quick ascension into heavyweight. Um, but he had teased it during Best of Super Junior, so in that in that way, I wasn't super surprised. But everyone else, a lot of these guys, you 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 could sense that they've been waiting to get into a G one, right? Lawler and then Jonah. Once he got signed. You can kind of tell that they're they're behind him, and and I think the intention is for him to spend more time in Japan than 
on strong. And then, you know, and I think Archer is a, actually a great AEW edition if you can't get one of those like God tier guys um, because right. he's familiar and he's over and he knows how to do a G1 and he's really fun. He's a really good wrestler. What I don't think people recognize enough is the time commitment that that a guy like, again, Lance Archer or Jonah or Tom Lawler, I mean, they're in Japan for a month. Mm-hmm over a month um and it is hot as balls over there (laughs) you know what i mean like like i'm always like between the jet lag the absolute extreme heat and and just the fact that you're away from home that long like to me anybody who who makes it over there for this tournament i i gotta tip my cap to because it's not like it's not like any other normal pro wrestling it's 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 absolutely grueling, and 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 I'm sure you've heard the stories of the the just like the walking wounded after a G1. It's just it tears people up. Yeah, and uh, you know when it comes down to it, people will point to them wrestling fewer G1 matches during this tour, right? But the the fact of the matter is, pretty much everyone's on all. 17 of the first 17 you know the 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 block nights that are announced almost everyone is on every one of those cards so it's not like they're taking whatever four or five days off completely like they got to make towns and they're hanging out in a bus and they in different hotel rooms every night like this is a pretty hefty tour um you know and you, you look at you know a 31 day span from the first night to the last night and yeah, you've got six block matches in there, but you have 17 appearances for most of these guys, which is plenty. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of wrestling, yeah. a lot of places to make. And you're right. I mean, you know, especially guys that haven't ever done it. You always want to see how those guys kind of show up for it. I, I got to put over your um, article that was posted, I believe, today on VoicesOfWrestling.com. Um, and you do it every year, um, and you, it looks like you started out with the A block. Like for something like this, for an article like this, it 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 feels like you spent a ton of time coming up with a lot of these little nuggets. It, it, am I am I wrong in saying that? Uh, I I don't know. I wouldn't say a ton. Um, like I said, like I've got a lot of this stuff automated and. For the G1 specifically, so there's two times a year that like my brain shifts gear and it's G1 season and Wrestle Kingdom season. And I there's there's so many of these little pieces to the puzzle that like kind of float around in my brain until I check into it. And then I think like, oh, yeah, that that thing about this guy in this, you know, tournament or whatever is worth highlighting. So um, but yeah, all the tables and and things of the sort most most of it's in the prep um so i you know and and the company was so kind to announce the the field way early this year so i've been able to just kind of poke away at it over the course of a couple of weeks and um i am i have never been more prepared for a g1 to kind of have an easy breezy time and, and actually probably enjoy watching some of the the events as opposed to you know compiling data like i already had it all so, um, mm. but you know, over the course of the last say three years, yeah, I've put some time into it. Absolutely. Right. Just building the tool yeah. to make it easy. Exactly. Yeah. And that, like learning how to make it 
easy and easily digestible too because you know essentially what i post on voices of wrestling is really similar to what i send kevin or uh ian or chris or whoever's on on broadcast right so um i i have found a way to kind of like dual purpose that task by you know providing some content to my pals at voices of wrestling as well as you know cutting out some of the you know the pictures and the and the prettiness and sending it off to to the broadcast team like i think that's a skill too chris and i i don't want to like just hand wave that like there's one thing about compiling the information right but there is a certainly another complete factor of making it presentable making it easy to digest um and just like every every flick of the mouse there's an interesting tidbit it, do, like how much does that play into what you do in the sense of you talked about community, you talked about, you know, kind of like the artistic side of, of, of your brain with, with the band stuff. And, and again, being able to present this information in a way that people can really sink their teeth into, like how important is that step for you? I don't think there's any point to doing it if it's not going to be, I guess, consumable or palatable. Um, you know, I I I follow uh, this guy on Twitter. His his Twitter handle is Sox Nerd, and he's a White Sox. He he's the guy who does like the White Sox statistics on the like the jumbotron at at White Sox games. Oh, and nice. he yeah right, and that's like his job now. Um, and I he he does such a good job of concisely communicating like really broad wild statistics you know i mean like my goal for any bullet point that i'm uh kind of including in a in a note or including on one of these posts is to to make it succinct enough to fit into one tweet because if it's not Mm. 280 characters or less it's too many words it's too detailed it's too it's too much it's too much to the point where it's not meaningful um so that that is always kind of the, the the goal whether or not I'm going to tweet them out or not, um, that it's just a good um, threshold to to try to hit. Yeah. What's your favorite stat? Like, there's so much information of uh, time between matches and and time in the ring and average G1 points uh, for a pro wrestler's career and just tidbits like you know Toriano being one of the you know top four guys in overall, you know, match quantity (laughs) in G1. Like, what are some of those things that you, like, when you see it, it's like, ah, I, I, that, that's what gets me going. Is it like time in the ring? Is it, uh, uh, history in G1? Like, what's the thing that kind of wakes you up? In, in particular right now in, in the G1, like, I just, I love, watching Tanahashi's statistics just like get further and further away from everybody else, whether it's most G1 wins or most G1 matches or most G1 ring time. Um, you know, I've, I've kind of carved out a niche with the ring time thing because I think I'm the only person that kind of tracks that. And so, I mean, like Will Ospreay in 2019, like truly like opened my eyes to say like, oh, that's a, that's a big deal in this company. When you're at that level, you've got X amount of hours of singles ring time um, throughout X amount of tournaments or this amount of this amount of time or whatever it may be. And that's the, those are the, the, the real athletic uh, 
data points, right? Like, listen, it's pro wrestling, like the wins, the losses, someone's deciding what those are, right? But to be a wait a minute, what? Oh, I'm sorry. What are you, what are you saying? Thank you. Ah, <laughs> ha, gotta go. Um, the 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 athleticism of being able to perform at that level for that amount of time over this you know period of uh, of a year or two years or this one month period of a G1 tournament like that that's real like there's real stuff there right like that's a true testament to the physical condition that some of these guys are in and and so that's the stuff that I really really like to point out and pick out is that like these guys are really athletes and they they put in a ton of work and um you know oftentimes they it's way more than you would expect and it's way more frequent than you would expect and and it's um yeah i I like to highlight the 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 i guess legitimate aspects of pro wrestling Mm. i love it i mean i think that's what brought a lot of us to the dance originally right has this has the has the work that you put in is has that helped you kind of go back in time and maybe rewatch older G ones and I, I wouldn't say get a, a new sense of appreciation, but just kind of you know you're doing these stats. Do you ever go back and 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 kind of catch up on all those old G ones? Yeah, I I love. I have a playlist of G1 finals that I will put on anytime I'm working on G1 stuff and it just rolls through on my TV and um, it goes from number one to, to number 31. And, you know, sometimes I pull up just the right one. But yeah, I mean, it it's I I wouldn't say that I look at those differently now, but I, I do try to think of like what my work might have looked like during that time and the, you know, the stuff that I that I pulled together. And I have I have a box score for every G1 back to G1 number one. Um, I've, I've compiled all of that and it, it exists in my files just so I can say this person has the, the best G1 ever by, you know, the, the statistic of ring time or wins or losses or, you know, whatever streak anyone's running. Like I can start to highlight some of those records and, but it's cool once you kind of run into those, you can go back and watch a lot of it whether you find that stuff on new Japan world or a hard drive somewhere um, you can go back and be like, wow, that's, that's cool. I, I, they probably didn't, maybe they didn't even know that that was happening, but um, you know, there's some, some major athletic accomplishments for some of those older G ones too. Yeah. It's, it, it's an amazing month. Like I, I always look forward to it. It does scratch that itch of sports and pro wrestling. Um, and I think it's the it's the best time of the year, and it starts what two days, three days, the sixteenth, yeah, right in, in Sapporo. I can't believe it's here. Um, do you like this format? Do you like the four blocks? <laughs> I'm I'm like getting used to analyzing it because so you know the same the same way anybody else does, right? You had two blocks of ten, and you kind of knew what the story arcs were going to be, right? Someone's going to start off slow and come back and and probably win a block and. Someone's going to start off hot and then fall off because it's their first G1 and they didn't know how to pace themselves and yada, 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 right? Like, and now we've got, I have a whole fresh look of, of, of things to look at because it's a whole new format. And then beyond it just being a four block format, they've done this kind of, I don't, I don't even know how to explain the, the scheduling, but the, 
you're getting one match from each block on each show, which means right. the opportunity exists for the, I guess, kayfabe schedule makers to maybe be more favorable to certain wrestlers um, just in how their schedule has been laid out. So like their individual schedule. So that's been a really fun thing for me to pay attention to and also, you know, highlight in, in, in some of my coverage. But um, ultimately, I think that it's going to it's going to be hard to follow because you're not just getting like immersed in one block each night. Um, and I'm worried about that. Um, but otherwise, I think each of the shows will be. um of a certain quality because they were able to kind of spread out the, uh, the more meaningful matches. Um, cause they had kind of a blank slate. It didn't have to be one block or the other. I, there was an interesting, and again, I, I can't put over hard enough the article that you wrote for voices of wrestling. And I'm assuming we're going to do all the blocks, yep. a, B, C and D and a is out there. Now, um, you made mention of, of uh, Jonah, and how weird it was spread out. Mm-hmm. Like his first night is on the 17th, but then he doesn't wrestle again until, I mean, singles match wise, tournament wise. What is it like 14? Was it 14 days? 12, well, how many days? Was he it? has 12 days between block matches. So uh, he wrestles his first block match on the 17th. And then his second is not until the 30th of, of July. Wow. So yeah, that's, and that's the longest stretch anyone has. He, he has a 12 day stretch. Um, where he's not wrestling in block matches. And then Tai Chi has an 11-day stretch. And there's one more long. Oh, El Fantasmo also has a 12-day stretch in the middle of his tournament. So, right. Weird, do, right? Do you, think, do you think that helps? Do you think that helps them? I mean, obviously, days off help ever, anyone recoup. But I, it, do you think there's anything with ring rust? I mean, that seems like a long time between singles matches, yeah, doesn't I mean, it? Yeah, it? Absolutely. If it's me, I want, um, I would want, you know, if I I equate this to kind of a a pitcher in Major League Baseball, right? They go on four days rest, almost like that's the optimal pitcher schedule is like the starting pitcher, he pitches, then he has four days off, and then he pitches again. And I would assume that um, a similar at least like structured cadence would be helpful to a wrestler, right? So if I look at someone mm-hmm. like Great O'Conn's schedule, like A, he doesn't start his G1 until the 26th. So that's the sixth night of the tour. And then he's wow. essentially, aside from one um, one turnaround that's two days, every turnaround to each match is just three days. So he's, uh, he's, he, do- wow. he doesn't have a block match for three days and then he wrestles and then he doesn't have a block match for three days and then he wrestles and then he does. So like that seems to be to me on the surface, that's a favorable schedule. Yeah, I would think I would want that, you know, mm-hmm. I would want that every third day. Um, yeah, because I, I do, I do think that you would want a schedule and a cadence kind of like you described the picture. It's, it's got the- I'm always fascinated too that like talking to, 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 to some of the, guys that perform in a G1 or have performed in a G1 or are currently performing in a G1. The fact that they really have no idea going in for the most part yeah, no. <laughs> until they show up to the building of what, you know, that's to me, that's amazing. Like, do you think that helps a wrestler or do you think that is, is hurtful? 
I, it probably helps. I think. I think so. I, yeah, right. I think the more you think about where you're going, the the less you're focused on what's happening right in front of you, right? And and I think that that's an important element to just like giving your all from a match quality perspective, right? And and putting yourself in a favorable light with the people who are making those decisions, you want to be the guy that puts in maximum effort no matter what. And that I think is, I think that is more likely to happen when you don't know that you're going to go on a, you know, a five match losing streak to end your tournament. Like, um, and, and I don't know how much that's, I think that stuff matters a varied amount depending on who you are in as a wrestler and, and where you're at in your career. But I, I think that, you know, to just say, I'm going to, I'm going to show up and do the work and, and whatever the work calls for is, is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do it great. Then I think that, you know, the less, you know, the better. I, yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. Yep. Well, who's based off your number crunching and that massive spreadsheet you have, <laughs> Hey, <laughs> that's, that's a pickup line. I think it might be a pickup line. Um, who's, who's a person that might be flying under the radar that we should be paying attention to a little bit more. I think we're going to see once Jonah gets going after that 12 day, um, those 12 days between block matches, I think we're going to see something really cool from him. Um, he's got a stretch where he's got three matches in five days. And I think that that'll be fun to see. And I, I, you know, I think, you know, he goes through Cobb, Okada and Archer all in the span of five days. And I think that that's that's kind of a run that I've got pegged as as you know something that I, I hope we see something really good out of. Um, in the B block, I'm watching Great Okan, of course, and I think he's got like I just said, I think he's got a favorable schedule to have fans keep up with him easily, if that makes sense, right? Because you don't have mm-hmm. that big gap. Um, so yeah, those, I think those are the two, and I think you know Okan rattled off five losses to end his tournament last year, which was disappointing to some of the, the, the biggest great Ocon fans on the internet. But, you know, I think we'll see a, a little bit more of a balanced tournament from, from him too. So like those, those are, those are kind of the, the big two that I'm paying attention to. Cause w- once you get into C block, it's, it's really kind of the old guard and, and Hanare. Right. And I, you know, I hope for the best for, for Hanare's first G1 as well, but most of those guys are real old school G1 guys, and you're going to get some great match quality out of that. But there's, I don't know that there's anything that's going to really surprise anyone in 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 C. And you know, D D is kind of similar, where it's a bunch of known entities. So A, a and B have kind of the younger and, and less experienced guys. Do you do you see this being a? I mean, there's a lot of Bullet Club matches, mind you, but do you see this being a? centerpiece for what is well rumored to be a summer of bullet club i mean i think it kind of has to be if if they're ever going to do it they have to do it now because otherwise they're just going to keep stretching it out so um you know when it comes to bullet club stuff i think the 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 most interesting block i guess is the is the d block because you've got el phantasmo Udro, and um Juice. juice right so that's a lot of bullet club for a seven person block. So that's, you know, worth, worth noting. Um, though none of those guys are necessarily the people you would imagine to be at the forefront of any of the big bullet club story. Right. So they've, they have kind of kept 
those guys away from each other, right? You don't see Jay and Evil fighting. You don't even see Bad Luck Fale in in a block with any other Bullet Club representation. He's the only Bullet Club member who doesn't have a Bullet Club versus Bullet Club match. So, but I mean, if you look at the last block night, you've got Jay versus Tamatanga and and you know, while Tamatanga has been kind of bounced from Bullet Club, like that's a Bullet Club match, right? That yeah. that's a big part of that story. Um so and that that'll be highlighted just based on where it's placed in the tournament. Toriano. He's going to get that surprise win, right? Always does. Definitely expected. Who's who's the surprise win on this year? I mean, who in that block would be surprising is is kind of the question, right? You got Archer, Fale, Cobb, Jonah, Lawler, Okada. and Okada, right? Okada would obviously be the surprise. Um, it's early in the tournament. It's the, the second match. Uh, I think for both of them. So that's, that would be the most surprising, right? Otherwise, you know, any of those guys, you could say you could see a banana peel situation with Yano. Right. So, but again, Okada and Yano haven't wrestled that often because they've been chaos together for so long and there's, there's no other reason to do so unless they're in a, a G1 together. So, um, I hope that that's fun, right? Like that, that's kind of all I can ask for from a Toriano experience. Are you into the Toriano? Not really. Yeah. But I, you know, I do like how he's the anomaly of, of some of my, you know, data points. Right. So there've been, there, there's been moments where like, I'm looking at say averages or a median or something. And I'm like, God, I gotta get rid of the Yano matches. And then like, I go to that and everything changes, but he's a part of it. Right. He's a part of the whole, the whole situation. Is there a guy that, you know how every year before he was no longer in it, but every year it was Shibata's winning. Shibata's winning. Shibata. It's like Shibata's not winning. Ishii's winning. Ishii's winning. Ishii's not winning this. Is there a guy that you see on this list that people are gravitating toward and you're just kind of looking at your data points and being like, that's not happening? Uh, I don't know that there's a that's not happening, but I think there is a groundswell for Zack Sabre Jr. after last year's um, after last year's G1 when he really kind of made a made his mark on on the tournament on the on the G1. So but, you know, this year in particular, I think is really interesting because anyone can win a block, right? Because at this point you win a block and you're just heading into the semifinals and you can get bounced before you even make it to the final. So. I hope that somebody surprising wins a block, even if they're going to get bounced in the semis, right? But I hope that um, somebody fun and surprising or new wins a block and really establishes themselves like a Zack Sabre Jr., right? Like, because then at least they've got that under their belt and they can they can kind of grow from there. You know, ZSJ, or if you want to say Great Okan, or, you know, even someone like El Phantasmo, if you really want to make a guy and, and say like this dude's a heavyweight and he's here to stay, like there's a chance that, that those types of guys could win a block and lose in the semis. And then they, you know, they don't even appear on the kind of list of people that went to the finals. Yeah. Who's who, who are your picks? Let's, let's do that now. Coming out of A, B, C, and D. Who, who do you have coming out of A first? It's tough to pick against Okada in A. Right. Um, just I I just don't see anyone else on this list that I think is 
going through. I think they ran the Jeff Cobb story last year, right? And Cobb had a great G1 tournament, but I don't think he's got the same momentum coming into this year's tournament. And the Cobb Okada matches is the first, you know, it's the first main event of the of the tournament, which is going to be a huge moment, I think, for Jeff Cobb. But I also, I, I think it actually probably works against his kind of momentum. So, yeah, I mean, tough to pick against Okada. And again, just headed into the semis. Um, you know, if I have to pick someone out of B block, I, I, what I want to happen is I want Great Okan to come out of that and to, to get a match with Okada in the, in the semis. But what I think is probably going to happen is Jay White's going to buzz right through and go undefeated. And he's going to undefeated. I think he's going to go undefeated and because it's a short block. Okay. It's only six matches. Um, and I think that that's a big establishing um, feather in the cap of Jay White to go undefeated through a block. Um, I, I will. I'm sure I will be surprised by one of these two blocks because I, I also don't think that they'll go to Okada Jay White as a semifinal match. Um, but if I'm in a vacuum, if I'm picking a, I'm picking Okada and in a vacuum, if I'm picking B, I'm picking Jay White. Right. I like, you know, the, the idea of him running the table is, is pretty awesome to me. I would miss the idea of setting up a future title defense. That's the only thing I would miss, but the idea of him running, oh, the heads would explode. You know, you know that, yeah, right? Yeah, the and the, the title defense thing should not be understated. That's a huge part of what happens in the G1 is future title defenses are set up by people beating the champion, which, but that's a lot easier to do when you've got nine matches instead of six, right? Those three extra matches, oftentimes, those are the three losses, right? So um, three even is a lot of losses for a uh, for a champion, but yeah, I, I mean, I just would love to see Jay White just like buzz right through and and they do. We like to spread things out, different accomplishments um, to different wrestlers. And maybe that becomes Jay White's thing as he went undefeated through a G1 block for the first time in X amount of years. I'm going to have to figure out when the last time it happened was because I hope to want to to need to know that as we head into the last night. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think, I think you better start planning. Uh, C looks the toughest yeah. to um, between Tanahashi, Naito, Kenta, Evil. Who's coming out of C block for you? So that, you know, almost anyone in that block could come out of it. I think, you know, Goto's fallen on the wayside of, of singles competition at least. So maybe he's out. And I think, you know, more than anything, you're looking at an establishing tournament from Hanare, um, you know, in, in all the best ways. Right. But I don't think he's coming out of the block, the winner. So that leaves Tanahashi, Zach, Naito, Evil, Kenta. Uh, it's tough to pick against Evil. Just because then you put him in a situation where he, everyone just wants him to lose on that, on that semifinal night. Because nobody, you know, that, like I said, that's a valuable thing when you need people to buy tickets to an event on one day's notice. You want to see the demise of someone just as much as you want to see the ascension of someone. Very good point. Absolutely valid point. Uh, do you see Hanari getting a win over anybody? I, I Yeah. I don't think anyone's going to go winless. I don't think we have a just, especially because it's his first G one. 
I don't think I don't think you go into the G1, go winless, and then you know at that point you you probably never get invited back. And I don't think that he's got to get. He, I don't think that's. The he's got to pin some, a name though here. He's he's pinning. Yeah, he's pinning a name. If he's getting a win, which is nice. If he's getting a, if he's getting a win, he's getting a win over someone meaningful, right? So, I mean, the least, I guess, the lowest on the totem pole would be Goto, and even that is a, a meaningful win. Um, yeah, you know, but it's hard for me to bet anyone's coming out of this tournament with less than two wins. I think it's going to be really complicated as we get into kind of the block finals nights of, of being mindful of things like tiebreakers because it's such a short tournament. There's going to be ties. See, people are going to be hitting that at the Chris Samsa. They're going to be hitting that hard. Like (laughs) I, because you're right. I know, I know it's going to take some, some, tie break math to 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 break at least a couple of these blocks because it's such a short if i think about six matches into like a traditional 20 person g1 everyone's tied after six right and of course the pacing of the tournament is going to be different and they're going to spread things out a little bit differently but like after six matches there's not there's not that much space to create so that's that's the that's the fun part is now we're looking at not necessarily how many wins you have but who are you beating d block is uh there's a couple names that i don't think uh will be in the running Ujiro, i think david finley's not going to be in in the running that strong shingo will you think juice is in the mix there too so juice is interesting because we've got this kind of reinvention happening so he he's got Will Ospreay on the last night of block competition and they're going back and forth with this US title thing. So they've done this before with the US title. They did it with Moxley in 2019 where the last night of the block had Juice versus Moxley which ended up setting up the title defense. Um Will though is at a whole nother level. Um, regardless of whether he's the U.S. champ, he's in the mix for someone who could win this tournament. Um, so I don't think that that necessarily precludes Will Ospreay from like winning the block or from Juice from being in the picture at the at the end of the at the end of the block. So, um, but that is kind of a wrinkle worth noting. Who do you think comes out of this? Who who comes out of D? It's hard to pick against Osprey because he's like the highest ranking person in in the D block, and and there's not really anybody that's that's close besides Shingo, right? Obviously, last year G1 tournament, Shingo's the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, um, so he you would imagine he's going to be in the mix, and he's got El Fantasma on the last night, which I think is going to be a hell of a match, and I think maybe yeah. there's going to be a little bit of a tie back to. Shingo pinning El Fantasmo at Forbidden Door, which I think was the only New Japan on New Japan crime at Forbidden Door. Um, so that may make things a little more interesting. And and so yeah, I mean, like those are those are the two. And I but I think again, if I'm picking in a vacuum, you how how do you pick against Will Osprey? Right. So Osprey. Did you say evil or I think evil? Um, okay. 
maybe. I haven't done any official picks. I probably won't. Um, Count these as official. Count these as official. Sure. sure. Yeah, we're talking through it. Um, I just think, I think uh, if you're looking at kind of like the face heel spectrum, right? Like evil's as far heel as you can be. And if you want to push Will through, I think you actually probably need, um, you know, someone further on the heel side and, and Will just baby faces himself to, to beat evil. But I, that seems weird to me, too. So I don't I don't know. It's hard. Well, it's hard to read. Well, you'll find you'll have that Jay White evil. Right. And uh, like the final four, Okada, White, uh, Evil and uh, who, who did we say? Will. Yeah, I mean that. Is that a bad final? Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Final four. Yeah, because uh, you got to figure evil gets bounced then, and then maybe your final is Okada. Will J Will? Can you go to J Will? I don't know. That's probably not the right thing to do. Well, who's winning it? Let me ask you this: Who's walking away with the trophy? Naito. <laughs> Naito. <laughs> Wait, what? I didn't even pick him to win the block, but I think he's probably winning the tournament. How 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 is this going to pan out? No, I think I I think I do think Naito is winning the tournament, but it's hard for me to pick him to win the block. If that makes any sense, like I know that I it makes perfect. I know sense. that I have yeah. to do that, but when I look at the rest of that block and I guess the layout of 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 how the rest of the tournament is, um, it's hard for me to get to the point where Naito wins the the block. Except that he has Zack Saber Jr. on the last night of block. Um, the last scheduled night of, of, of block matches. And that's going to be a, a really cool match because obviously Zach ruined Naito's G1 last year. And so that puts them in a, in a big moment. So do you, do you find that G1 really isn't that let's make a new star kind of thing where it's, they, they kind of the leave it at the, the Mount Rushmore. Like you're not, you're not going to have Hanare blast through and right. and go on this massive run. Um, does that disappoint you in any way, or is that just like, hey, the best man wins, and these are the best men? More the more the second. I think I think this is the this is the place where you where a wrestler can stake their claim in like the the history and lore of New Japan Pro Wrestling, right? Like this and main eventing a Tokyo Dome. Like the that's that's it, right? Winning a G one, main eventing a Tokyo Dome. Those are the two biggest things you can do in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And you know, with that, the the winner of the G one is is protected, right? And but you know, kind of as I alluded to earlier, having four blocks and then the semifinals in between the block competition and the final, that does create the opportunity for someone to go through and win a block, though not really be considered at that kind of upper echelon um but no you're not typically going to get surprised by a g1 uh winner if you've been paying attention so we're looking at naito taking the taking the trophy home does he make it to wrestle kingdom i yeah i think so i think i mean even when they've when jay white won the briefcase from ibushi they abushi still landed at, at wrestle kingdom right and truthfully like i don't know anything more than anybody else about two nights at wrestle kingdom or what the plans are and things like that so but i you know if if it's me this is 
Naito's last big opportunity for a big run, I think. Um, maybe not his last, last, but um, it it makes sense. It makes sense to elevate Naito with a with a good strong G one here. Do you think that's what's missing? Do you think like he like him winning is and and then main eventing again? Is, do you think that's missing from his stamp on this company? No. No, I don't I don't think so. Like if he didn't do it, it wouldn't be a disappointment. Not for me. Um you know, I'm I'm I, I like Tetsuya Naito. I'm not a Naito I'm not against Naito by any means, but I you know, I want to see guys like Shingo and Osprey and Jay White and have some of these bigger moments. Um Cobb, right? Uh, yeah, like those are kind of the big guys, the guys that have been there for a little while and they've had some moments, but they haven't necessarily like crossed into that, you know, main event Wrestle Kingdom win the G1 level. You know, I want to see someone else step into that, which has been for four years. You had Ibushi, you know, taking up one of the spots in the in the final. And while that's a great run and it's very cool from a statistical perspective because it's so unique, um, it's a little more wide open now because you don't have someone who's been in the final four years straight, even in the tournament, which creates a, a lane for somebody. Yeah. Speaking of Ibushi, which, what are your thoughts on this situation? Like, do you see him ever in a New Japan ring again or... Is this just irreconcilable differences? It looks pretty irreconcilable, but it's also pro wrestling. And, you know, coming from an American perspective, there have been far worse things that people have gotten away with in the pro wrestling industry than what either side of the Ibushi situation is. So I think that that situation is probably really complicated. um, And I don't, I, I find it hard to trust translations with things that are super complicated and nuanced. So I, you know, I generally just try to try to stay away from it. Ibushi is one of my favorite in-ring wrestlers ever. Um, so it's very, it's very sad to me to, to see him, um, in a state where he can't wrestle for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think that that situation is very, very complex as far as I can tell. Yeah. I mean, I would be shocked if it, if, if it just seems like it's uh this is a little bit too much for water under the bridge, but you're right. It is pro wrestling and, and, and yeah, it's stranger things have happened for sure. All right. So Naito's winning. Naito's going to the dome. Um, give me your super strange dark horse. This guy's going to win. And if I win, it's, a thousand to one odds, but I'm I'm putting some money down. Who who's that like person? Win the tournament. Yep. I mean, I think the the furthest dark horse out that I would place a bet on would be Great Ocon. That's not a bit pick. Just I know that um, I know that there's a future there for him, and I know that the that he is well respected around the. Uh, the office, I guess you can call it. And they appreciate the work that he does and the the character that he's built himself. So I, I don't, you know, obviously I wouldn't, I would never actually place that bet. 
I'm not the gambler in the family either. So that's uh, oh no, no, that's the wife. Um, she she has her uh she has her her bachelor's degree in equine science. So when it comes to um betting the ponies, the the ponies, she's 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 won us some significant. She she won us a whole new kitchen with that. Um, you're kidding me. Well, over the course over the course of a couple years, she's made some serious. Some serious good bets. We we won, or she got the um, what's it called, the Exacta in the um, the Kentucky Derby this year, and she it was like thousands of dollars. It's crazy. Um, Holy shit! Yeah, so she's your she she could be your go to pony girl. She she knows what's up. But yeah, so she's the gambler actually, which is uh, I'm sure a, not a gender normative situation here. But um, yeah, so but. When it comes to long shots, she's maybe I should ask her if I should put some uh yes. put some my bookie money <laughs> on the great Ocon. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty great. Hey, Chris, I gotta be honest with you, this has been one of the most fun shows for me. Um, I always get a little nervous. Not nervous, but it's just like, all right, how's it gonna go? And I usually don't follow it the same format that Joel does. I like to get to know the people and I like to have our listeners get to know um i'm fascinated i'm more fascinated by you now than i was before what do you think of that (laughs) hey i uh i'm just here to have a good time so i don't know if that's fascinating but i i appreciate you having me (laughs) before i i sense that you're starting to wrap things up we need your g1 picks and maybe not every block but oh but who's i mean who's winning what how how do you see this thing going come on i was trying to stretch out content here oh you want we can keep going (laughs) I got, oh, I no, got all no, night. No, 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 no. It would be, I would be do that. Listen, I do. Keep, but I have to do it now, don't I? I do keep it in strong style, like quarterly. And that's like a three and a half hour ordeal. So I can, I can keep talking. Wow. <laughs> oh, I can't do that. I get it. I'm an old man. Those guys, those guys are the, the young, the young bucks, the young, the young studs. I can't, I can't keep up with those boys. Um, I'm in a very similar boat as you. I, I can't see. Okada not getting out of A. I think, I don't know if he's running the table, but Jay White, I think, gets out of B block. Although, again, him being the champion might be a detriment just because he has to set up sure. uh, future defenses. But looking at B, I mean, I can't see Ishii winning it. I can't see Tai Chi winning it. I can't see Tama Tonga winning it. I can't see Chase Owens winning it. I think Jay White gets out of it. Um, C, that's the toughest one. C is very tough. Mm-hmm. You you figure Tanahashi is in the mix to the end, just because he has to be, and that's not and that is not a problem. Zach, I think Aaron's going to take a lot more losses than than he has wins. He has to mathematically. I do think Naito gets out of the block, but like, like if you're talking about tiebreakers, like that's where I could really see it being yep. coming into play. Uh, and then D will probably is my pick. I think, I think that's, again, I don't want to say safe pick, but I think will coming out of there makes the most sense at this point. Right? Do you think they go Naito will in a semifinal for the first time though? Like that's that's it is a match that is super protected. Right, that's isn't it? where I have I struggle to get there. I you know I, I look at it that way and I'm just like, ah, is that is that when you do that or do you do Naito Shingo on one night and 
you know, blow the well, that's one too. Roof that, that I think everyone, that seems yeah. that seems fun to me. Both seem fun, but for business, do you save Will and Naito? See, here's the thing with that. I'm not a fan of saving. Sure. Like, like I hate the idea of guys. Guys can get hurt at any time. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, if you have that match, you're going to have it in a big building, right? And you can charge higher ticket prices, and that's what these semifinals and finals are going to yeah. be. I don't have a problem with with them doing it, making having a fresh matchup. I don't think you burn it. I mean, look, you saw. I mean, how many Tanahashi Okadas have we had? How many Okada Wills have we had in recent sure. history? How many Abushi? You know, like, like I, I'm not going to sit there and be like, well, we've seen it. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. And so if if if, if I see. Any of those matchups, you know, later on at Wrestle Kingdom in six months, I don't think I got much problem with that. Yeah, no, no complaints here. I it's it's hard to say because we haven't done the semifinals in so long. Yeah, that's that's going to be that's here's the thing. That's going to be very interesting. Mm -hmm. And I think the worst part for you is going to be those night six night seven (laughs) (laughs) and keeping keeping that pace and keeping keeping the the stats that's gonna be tough it's not it's not so bad because it's very like i said it's very varied and there's there's like at least one notable match on on almost every card so um it's not like there have been years when people just like avoided a certain block of the g1 and and you you can't do that this year. And I think that that puts a ceiling on the quality of certain shows, right? You don't have that one show, like my favorite pro wrestling show ever, which is, uh, August 4th, 2013. It's like 10, just like banger G one matches, including like Ishii and Shibata and Ibushi and, and Nakamura. It's like, it's just this incredible, um, night of pro wrestling that happened in 2013, but like, you're not going to have any of that, but you also, it, it, it creates a high floor because you can have a good solid main event or just a good solid grouping of matches, no matter, no matter what the, the, the show is. So I do think like the, the middle tournament doldrums might actually be alleviated a little bit that way. Yeah. I think you can think you got a valid point. Yeah. It's, it's going to be different. I, I like the I like the added spice of it. I like the, the idea of, you know, there's, there's more opportunities for more guys to, make waves in the tournament, right? They may not win mm-hmm. it, but there's more like you you're on the edge of your seat for an extra semifinal, you know? Right. Which to me I I don't I don't see anybody I don't see how you could complain about that. All right, so yeah, my mine is 130. 1 hour and 30 minutes of talking pro wrestling and that's where I reach my limit. <laughs> <laughs> so, I respect that. Uh yeah, listen, I got I, I gotta I gotta know my strengths and weaknesses. You know what I mean? I run out of gas soon. Um Chris, they can find you at the Chris Samsa, correct? That is indeed the Twitter handle. And they can find you also at Voices of Wrestling doing your tremendous block individual statistics, histories, and notes. That I, again, I cannot I think it's required reading. Like if you're listening to this show, it's it's required reading. You have to. Uh, and then also you have, uh, the website, right? What is that? That's uh sport of wrestling, right? Sport of pro wrestling.com. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm transitioning that over to just being a G one hub. So actually what you'll be, Ooh. all you'll be able to find there because truthfully, I believe that this tournament will be more challenging to follow than, than 
other G1s in the past. I'm, I'm going to change my website just to be, if you go to sportofprowrestling.com, you're going to get the most up-to-date, you know, really baseline information about where the tournament's at and how we got there. And and it's going to be the block tables and the box scores. It's going to be looking like a like you show up to like a newspaper and you're just like, all right, here, I'm going to catch up on where we're at and I'm going to dive into the next show. So that'll be at sportofprowrestling.com. And then like the uh, more wordy, uh preview work I'll, I'll be posting those at voices of wrestling.com it's the best time of the year uh you absolutely make the new japan pro wrestling fandom smarter uh you you help people enjoy the product wrap their heads around it for new people and and all the old heads love just kind of geeking out on these stats and you do an excellent job uh, again i can't say enough chris how much i enjoyed this and learning about you and your very interesting life. Um, I, I got to be honest with you, home run, home run, Chris. Listen, I'm I'm just here to have a good time, so I I appreciate you having me. <laughs> I, I can now check the Jcast off my list of of things I want to accomplish in the New Japan Pro Wrestling community. So um, all that's left, super easy. I don't know what's left now. I mean, maybe maybe this is my retirement. Um, no, no, no. You'll, you'll be, you'll be, I'm sure you'll get a guest shot color comment. Listen, I, I, that's, I'd get on that's the plane. My, that's your future. Well, we'll see. We'll see about all that. I, uh, I do have, I have some things on the, in the pipeline per se, Ooh. nothing, nothing to talk about just yet, but not necessarily that, but, um, yeah, I'll be around. I'll be around. I, 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 I look forward to it. All right, so uh, I got to do this, some plugs here. So, uh, yeah, redcircle.com slash whatever we are, throw us some money. We're on Pro Wrestling Tees. If you want to buy a T-shirt, that would be pretty cool. That makes us feel important if you uh, want to do that. ProWrestlingTees.com, SuperJCast. Uh, you want to follow Editor Dan? He's got that Escape the Box, the band that is taking over. They'll be headlining Glastonbury soon. Uh, I don't know if you know that, Chris. They'll be headlining I, Glastonbury. I'm an Escape I, the I, Box listener, so... Is that right? Of course. Nice. Yeah. And you, you, somebody I know and trust throws out the name of a band and says that they're good. I'm going to listen and they're good. It's good stuff. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I know that Dan would appreciate that. And they're doing some great things. He's recovering well, everyone, by the way, from his, uh, his biking accident. He's uh, recovering well, uh, from what I understand. But he's a busy guy with Escape the Box of Follow Them, Lousy Hero 219, is it uh, on Twitter? Something like that. Uh, I don't have a Twitter, so I don't, I don't You're a smart man. I just can't do it. I just can't. I mean, I have like a, you know, a phony phony one so I can keep up with hockey stuff and shit, but whew, it's, 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 it, that's a, that's a tough world for me. Um, say hi to Joel, follow him if you want the discord link, all that fun stuff. That's it. We'll be back again next week. I'll have someone else, certainly not as great as Chris or Nicole. That's going to be tough tough for that third person i wonder who it might be i don't even know yet <laughs> i gotta say that joel's like did you get anybody for the i was like I, i'm gonna hit up chris he's like all right do it make sure you do it don't fucking forget <laughs> so, I did. So. all right chris samson we thank you very much thanks for listening take care everybody and as joel would say goodbye goodbye